My name is Lodi. It's L-O-D-I. And you're listening from the Corner to Corner podcast. are not bleeding. <laughs> Baron just went, oh, 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 Because he's, he's always telling me how low it is. <laughs> he always has to turn the volume up. That's for you. <laughs> Sound check, Baron. <laughs> that's good call you D, Steve. I, that's weird. <laughs> we promise we've not been drinking tonight, but. We have not. It's been a fun night so far. It's been fun. And we're set up for more fun. Yeah, you, you'll find out on, on next week's Rushmore episode. Right. <laughs> oh, shoot. Man, how was your week? Man, it was a good week. Good week. Did you enjoy the Saturday matinee called Elimination Chamber? No. I did not either. I thought it was trash. I'm going to tell you. It is sad because I think our listeners know at this point what kind of wrestler we think Becky Lynch is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on limb, and I don't have to go very far, to say that Becky and Lita was the best match on the card. Agreed. I do think, and I've been very critical of Becky Lynch and her work rate and her inability to make matches. In her position, I feel like she shouldn't be able to take any opponent and make it a decent match, and right. she has not done that. Right. Charlotte's in the same boat. Yeah. Charlotte a lot of time phones it in. I don't think Charlotte cares anymore right I don't now. think she does either. And I'm telling you, that Mania match between her and Ronda is going to be ugly. You mean the main event of night one? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Because Ronda can't wrestle. She can't. And, and, and she could don't care. She couldn't wrestle... Prior to being out of the ring three 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 years, right. and she's back in the ring now. Right. Um, but any but anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that in yeah. just a second. L- Lita looked phenomenal. Lita looked good, and Becky did really well. Becky did very well. Even that's, when she tried to cheat, she actually did it the right way. That's the Becky Lynch. She's been listening. She has actually. She's a friend of the show. What's uh, so up, Bex? So uh, Becky two belts. Big time, Bex. Big time, Bex. Swaggy Becky or whatever. I don't know what you go by now. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I digress. Anyway, it was a really good match, and it shows what Becky Lynch is capable of. Yeah. We need that Becky all the time. If this, But you and I both think that we're going to get the payoff from SummerSlam, the, the cheap – crappy ending at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. that payoff's coming at Mania. I think the belt goes back to Bianca. I, I think you're right because, I mean, she was, what, I mean, knocked, well, she lost five times in a row, right? Yeah, I, mean, we, 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 I remember talking about that on one of the episodes, how they squashed her. 
I think Bianca is set for a really big year in 2022. I agree. Um, if you follow the infamous opinionist on tw- uh, TikTok, he said the same thing today. I'm not stealing it from him. I already had that idea. Anywho, I think that was a really good way to send. I don't know. I'm assuming we're done with Lita. I, I can't imagine that she's going to be, you know. I could see her having a match at Mania. Maybe. Uh, but I don't think her run goes past Mania. Right, right. And I, I'm like I'm really shocked at this point that we we're still missing Oscar and Bailey. Right. So they must have both been like really, really injured because Bailey's over her nine month mark at this point. Right. And Oscar, I mean hers, hers was a shoulder. I never really saw a timeline on hers. They have to be back for Mania though. You would think so, or 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 or, or a, a a Monday or Friday return afterwards. Right. There was rumors. I, I shared this with you the other day that had Ronda not re-signed, right, we were looking at a a four horsewomen main event on on night one at Mania, which I would have rather seen. I would have rather seen. You're right. <laughs> And I think you that's a match that can make Charlotte and Becky both care. Yeah. Because it's the four that kind of started this women's evolution. Right. When they moved from divas to wrestlers. Right. Um, and I think you could have made them all care about that. I'm afraid, and you just touched on it, Charlotte and Ronda is going to be, I mean, just poop. It's going right. to be so bad. Right, because – I mean, if you're going to have the women's main event on night one, it 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 really needs to be Bianca and Becky, but I don't. We won't get that. No, Charlotte and Ronda are going to main event, right? Because it's Ronda, right? So speaking of Charlotte and Ronda, they had a match, a tag match, at the Elimination Chamber, and the basis of the match, the stipulation. Was Sonya Deville was had a hurt arm and was in a sling. So to make it even, we're gonna put one arm of the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey's arm tied behind her back because I guess she popped off and said she could beat them with one arm tied behind her back or right. something like that. So they tie her arm behind her back. My problem then comes with Sonya then takes off her sling. At the very beginning of the match. At the very beginning of the match. Which we knew that was going to happen. Yes, but I thought it would happen at the end. Yeah. So then at that point, Sonya's part of it is null and void. Right. So then why the heck did we still have Rhonda's arm tied behind her back? And why was she in a gi? Well, I mean, I'm assuming because they were in Saudi, she was covered up. She's a black belt, you know. Well, I mean, but she had basically a whole covered outfit on at the Rumble. Yeah. All you had to do was put on long sleeves. Yeah. Don't know. I don't either. And she was barefoot. I, You know, my, I just have an issue with barefoot wrestlers. I, right. They're not any good. Yeah. And I'm like, just think about how, like, I, I become a borderline germaphobe. I'm like, think about how gross all the places you go. People bleed in that ring, and they sweat, and they probably pee and do all kinds of things. Well, not only that, but backstage. Yeah. 
Like, uh, I'm sure they probably have sandals, but in the gorilla position, but it's still gross. Right. It's gross. And then on top of that, we're not done with Sonya and Naomi. Uh, Naomi because Naomi isn't the one that pins Sonya. Sonya gets pinned by or the the arm tap out. the tap out, and Charlotte has zero interest in coming in to help her. And then they walk out together. When you clearly let your tag partner, yeah. you threw her to the wolves. It was very poor storytelling in that match. I will say, Ronda actually did not look bad wrestling one armed. No. She did pretty well. She used a lot of her legs. And she should. Yeah. She's a 6'3 black belt. The running kick off of the leg, you know. That's pretty good. Yeah. So. But but when you said a while ago about Charlotte's lackluster, she could have given two craps about being in that match. Yeah. And I, I don't know if she's intentionally phoning it in, hoping that Vince will release her. Vince isn't releasing her. If she signed for five years, she'll work every like she'll work the whole contract out. Yeah. So she'll have to quit. And then he's just gonna pay her to set home. He's not gonna release her from her contract. Right. She basically think knows that she's Teflon at this point, and there's nothing that she can do that's gonna make the WWE get rid of her. Right. Her character it's like she's not She's just blah. You and I have both talked. I think she has aspirations that don't involve pro wrestling. Yeah. She's not even wrestling in five years. No, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that her end goal right now would to be out of her contract now and go to AEW. No, I, I think she wants to be a part-time wrestler, if that, and wants to do other things. I don't know if it's acting or I don't know. But right. I think she has other other aspirations. Yeah, and, and yeah, it, it's the whole reason she's even wrestling is because of her brother. Right. She's living out his dream, and maybe she's just gotten tired of it now. Maybe. I don't know. So but come on, Charlotte. Let's let's do better. Let's let's try a little harder, okay? Because there are some women on the roster that are trying really hard. Liv Morgan, Bianca. Even do drop. I mean, right? I mean, you know, all, all those girls are, uh, you know, and and you know that chamber match wasn't too bad. Uh, the men's chamber match left a lot to be desired. We knew that Brock was going to win. Uh, they gave us the swerve with Bobby Lashley being, you know, concussed, but apparently he's got a shoulder issue. But then he's he's the projected opponent for Brock Lesnar. March 5th in Madison Square Garden is what I, I – I can't confirm that, but I think that's what I saw. Well, but, I mean, if he has to have shoulder surgery, that'll change. Right. So, the best thing, the best two things on WWE programming currently are Brock and Roman. Yeah. Brock Lesnar coming out the other night. Interacting with the fans, fist bumping. He goes, "Come slap, on, get boy there, buddy!" And slap then, the title. Yeah, and his, dressed as a cowboy. His interaction with Austin Theory. Listen, I wasn't a big Austin Theory fan. That dude's got money written on him. Well, that just shows you that if Vince likes you, mm-hmm. you you're gonna do great. I mean, 
Austin Theory a year ago, if I would have said Austin Theory is going to be in next year's Elimination Chamber, you would have told me I was an idiot. Yeah, probably. B- because it, the fact that he played an idiot on NXT behind Gargano and them, because, I mean, he literally played the role of an idiot. Right. It's like he didn't ever know what was going on to the fact that now he's just this whole selfie thing. And they're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, He went around and took pictures with everybody in their their chambers. Like, it's just really good. And then, of course, Brock, after he beats him at the end, is is doing the the selfie thing. I thought that was hilarious. So, Brock, Roman... I didn't. It does. It didn't have to be champion versus champion. I don't know that it's gonna be. I tend to think that it is. I think that's Roman's next level. That's the next level of Roman, and he is he becomes the champion of both brands. Yeah, and is on the is on both shows. Is on both shows. Yeah. Um. And I think you and I both think we're not anywhere near the end of his world title run. You're gonna say something. No, you're fine. You you keep going. Okay. I'll I'll build, I'll build on to it because I just I just had a I just had an epiphany. You you kind of made me nervous just yeah. now. No, I just have an epiphany. So, I think that match. I'm telling you, Brock wants it. Roman wants it, and we've talked before. When Brock wants to do something, it's good. Well, I mean. It is obvious that he is enjoying what he's doing right now. Right. And you made reference to it last week. This is the greatest Brock uh, Brock Lesnar that we've ever gotten. The greatest version of Brock Lesnar. And all this time that nobody thought the dude could talk. Mm -hmm. And he's fine with the mic. He can literally, he can do anything in professional wrestling that you need him to do. Yeah. This, you, you want him to be a face? He can be a face. You want him to cut a promo? He can cut a promo. You want him to just be a tail kicker? He can be a tail kicker. Yeah. You want him to just be the silent killer and have a – he can do that. Like, yeah. whatever you, you need Brock Lesnar. You want him to win a match in 30 seconds or you want him to go 20 minutes? He can do it. Whatever whatever he wants to do, he can do. If he wants to do it. that that I go back. That's the key. Yeah. And, I mean, he's money. Brock Lesnar – and people hate on him because of his contract situation and he goes away and he comes back. Brock Lesnar – is money. Yeah. And I'm telling you, when his career's over, teaser into the topic tonight, he would be in a top ten greatest of all time list. Yes. When his career's over. Yeah. I mean, he was in our top 20 anyways, right? Probably. I think he was. I can't remember. It's been a it's been Tell a me while. your epiphany. <laughs> well, you all, you, you, you know who I think is eventually going to beat Roman Reigns. Yeah, you think it's Edge. So if Brock Lesnar loses the WWE title to Roman, mm-hmm. that puts him on Raw as well with the ability to now face Edge once again. And Edge could take the WWE title off of him and not the Universal title off of him. That might happen, but I told you this week, I'm not convinced we don't see Edge's last match at WrestleMania. I, 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 there's no way. There's no way he fought back for nine years to just wrestle for two. But he hasn't been a consistent wrestler for two years. He's probably done 
he will, it will be him rewriting the ending to his story. He's closing in on the fifty mark. I, I just I think I, I do not see him leaving without wearing that belt one more time. I don't think it has anything to do with the belt. I think he had to come back just to prove he could do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's made that he's he's made that evident. So I think I don't have this anywhere. Just a thought in my head that AJ Styles is kind of who, by the way, has signed re-signed a big money contract with the WWE. Yep. So it goes to show you the WWE is still a destination. Yep. For a lot of people, um, that AJ Styles is going to become that guy that wrestlers going into retirement have their last match with because yeah. he will. I mean, the Undertaker hadn't looked any better in several years than he did with AJ Styles. Right. Of course, it was the Boneyard match, and it was kooky. And a lot of a lot of camera yeah. angles and yeah. stop and cut and do all that, but a lot of that was AJ Styles. Yes. Um, if Edge and AJ Styles is who, who I think the match is going to end up being. Well, Edge made reference to something phenomenal the right. other night in his little promo. Right. So, uh, I think that if that's the match... And if it is Edge's last match, AJ Styles will make sure Edge looks like the Hall of Famer that he is and goes out on top. Yeah. My fear with Edge is if you stick around too long, you end up looking like Kurt Angle, and nobody wants to see Kurt Angle in the ring. Right. So that's my thought on that. It makes sense. I, I mean, I could see that. I, I honestly could could see that. Uh, so let, let's. This is just going to be kind of a wild card edition. Jambalaya! Of, of of a show. I don't know why I said jambalaya. I have no idea. I, I like wild card. I thought that was sufficient. I yeah. thought jambalaya worked. But uh, Sounds intriguing. Let's just think about that for a second. What, jambalaya? No. What you said about AJ resigning. Okay. So now, Kevin Owens was... He was definitely going to AEW mm-hmm. to the point that we had it marked down on the show. Yep, we did. But I had to edit it out because we can't be wrong. He resigned. Mm-hmm. Sami Zayn. We kind of felt like he, he like we knew he was going to stay with WWE, but he's kind of been misused since he's been there, and really had no reason to resign. Right, and he resigns. Right. Maybe a lot of that had to do with Kevin, because him and Kev, Kevin are buds. They're they're bros. AJ Styles was definitely leaving the WWE because he's being underutilized there too. He's got to go to AEW. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that it was even a blink in the pan. No, I mean he probably didn't even talk to AEW. No. Now we've talked about like we know that Kevin and AJ are both huge family guys. Yep. Right. And the WWE is a huge commitment away from your family. Yep. But it's also where you're going to get paid most consistently. Yep. To be able to take care of your family. I mean, hell, uh, because AJ's a, got like 75 kids. Because it's a publicly traded product. Right. And Vince takes care of his guys. He does. Even after you leave. And Adam Cole... And Daniel Bryan both said, Vince took care of us. And those are two guys that have never once come out and said anything bad about the WWE. Right. It was just... They want to do something else. They want to do something else. I mean, 
that we have talked about. The the WWE was protecting Daniel Bryan from Daniel Bryan. Right. If he wants to go to AEW and act a fool and do all this stuff and, and put himself in harm's way, it's off of WWE's shoulders now. Because Vince cares about his guys. Right. He would have never been able to live down Daniel Bryan getting hurt on his watch. Right. When it was so close to Daniel not coming back. Right. And it's the same thing with Edge. I'm sure the matches that are being done with Edge, that's why Edge wasn't in the Elimination Chamber. Right. Right. There was no need for him to be in the Elimination well, Chamber. Well, and it's too unpredictable. Right. Like things things can happen in any match, but when you put a, a steel structure around the way the Elimination Chamber is, is, is designed, things can happen. Right. Right. And of course, you know, Adam Cole, his girlfriend slash fiance is there, mm-hmm. and all of his buddies are there. Right. Nobody blames him for leaving. Nope. Right. We still have the unknown of Cody. Mm-hmm. We talked about that this afternoon. As of right now, we still got a, a Rhodes family show that's on Turner. Yep. And I and I told you this afternoon. If if he was truly gone, and this wasn't necessarily a work, how in the world could he come to work for WWE, which is Peacock, USA, Fox, and have a television show on Turner? Well, I mean, the only thing is that Turner, while Turner has invested in AEW, AEW doesn't own Turner, so... He's he's working for Turner with that program. That's true. It is on the same, pro- but it it would be odd to be able to watch. And they signed on for a second season, so there is a second season of Roads to the Top or whatever it's yeah. called. How weird will it be? I guess that season's probably already filmed. Probably. But uh, how weird would it be if it was you know if they did a few episodes ahead. <laughs> Like and you started seeing like WWE personalities show up on roads to the top. Like that'd be so kooky. But it would be similar to if the Miz left. Which by the way, did you realize the Miz has been in the WWE for eighteen years? Has he really? Eighteen years. <laughs> the Miz is so good. He's really good. And he's he's one of these guys you don't realize how good he is. And I say the same thing about Randy Orton all the time. You're not going to realize how good either one of those are. Like, you know they're good. But you're not going to realize how good they are until they retire. Yeah. But it would be like The Miz. If The Miz left and went to AEW, they still – I mean, The Miz and Mrs. is in, like, season three or something. Yeah. You, it gets a lot of views on USA. It's funny. It's funny. They wouldn't – I don't think USA would drop the show. Yeah. So, like, it'd be kooky. But, I mean, you and I – to tie back into Cody, you and I both think if he hasn't shown up by the Friday night SmackDown after Mania, he's not coming. Right. I I a hundred percent agree. I uh and like we also said, if he somehow winds back up at AEW, mm-hmm. it will be the greatest greatest. Work mm-hmm. of all time. Of all time. And I'll be honest with you. If he's not back by Mania, if he's not if he's not there in Mania in the WWE, 
and he's not in AEW, we don't see Cody Rhodes until double or nothing, and he's the wild card. Probably. And 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 then you have to think all this was done just to get Cody back in the world title picture. So he's on the fast track to being world champion in AEW, if that's the case. Yes. Yeah, because isn't that the prize? You get a world winning? title shot, I think. Yeah. We didn't touch on this. The Wrestling Observer handed out some awards last week. Oh, yeah. Now, this is Dave Meltzer's thing, right? Oh, and he's so trash. Like, if you listen and, and, and take what Dave Meltzer says to heart, I don't know, like... Well, I mean, uh, Jeff Jarrett says he's a fiction writer. <laughs> he is. He makes stuff up. And he gives... And Conrad gets so mad at him. He goes, you can't say that. He's like, I did. Well, I did, you know. I mean, listen, if Kenny Omega's in a match, Kenny Omega's good, okay? But if Kenny Omega's in a match, Dave Meltzer's giving it at least 37 stars, okay? Yeah, on a five-star scale. Right, 37 stars. Doesn't matter if it's Kenny Omega versus the Brooklyn Brawler. When he was fighting Okada during that couple of years span there. They got a six-star match. I mean, yeah. It was nuts how many five-star, six-star matches that they had. And they were good, but, like... Just because, you know, you look at Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Like, they're really good. Yeah. Not every match they're going to do is going to be a five-star match. Right. It's just not going to happen. But, by gosh, every match Kenny Omega and Okada did, it was always five or six stars. Yeah. But, so Dave Meltzer handed out some awards. I don't really have – he's a big AEW guy. It's obvious. They won a lot of awards. About every one of them. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Bryan, excuse me, Bryan Danielson won the Bryan Danielson Award. Okay. What? Is it? That's like Vince Lombardi being awarded the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Like, is, is it him liking AEW or hating WWE? I think it's... A combination of both, but he definitely it, hates it, the WWE. And I would say that Vince probably doesn't give him the ounce of time. That, right. And that's why he so, doesn't like him. The one that bothered me the most. I, I know where you're going with this. Is Excalibur. Yep. Getting named Commentator of the Year. Right. Excalibur's not even the best commentator in AEW. Right. Matter of fact, he's hot garbage. He is awful. They have you could JR is so out of touch with what's going on. I'd rather listen to JR yeah. and Tony Schiavone. Okay? Right. You Chris Jericho does a good job. Phil Brooks did a good job. Mark Henry doesn't do too bad. Get Excalibur's hot garbage off there. How anybody could be a better commentator or get commentator of the year over Pat McAfee? Or even Michael Cole. Or even Corey Gray. Like yeah. Pat McAfee, without a doubt, hands down, is the best voice in professional wrestling today. Yes. And it's because, and he said it multiple times, he comes to the 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 announce table as a fan. Right. He loves pro wrestling. He's entertaining as all get out. Well, I mean, when Shinsuke and, and, and he's up on the news comes out, he's like... He's in one of those chairs like we're sitting in right now doing that. And I'm like, how is he not breaking his neck? Right. 
and up on the table, and Michael Cole just looks at him and just laughs. Michael Cole has thanked Pat McAfee multiple times. He even called into his show one day and thanked him. He said, you've made me a better announcer because I got to work with you. Yeah. I now get to see it through your eyes, and it's yeah. made me excited, and it makes it fun. They're the best. They're the best WWE combination since Jr. and 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 uh, King. They are. But and, and Michael Cole is such a professional. He is. He does a phenomenal job of of calling the matches. But they they meld really well together, right? So and you, I don't want to see a day that Pat McAfee is gone. Now, I mean, he probably a short time in it, but as long as he's enjoying it, he will be there. I mean. He might be short time it, but he's hung around a lot longer than I would have ever thought he would have. Yeah. So the fact that Dave Meltzer gave Excalibur Commentator of the Year goes to show you how legitimate and 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 how much stock you can put in anything Dave Meltzer says. Okay, so I'll build, I'll build off of that. So that one I understand. That totally bothered me too. Tony Khan got Booker. Of the year. Now we've made reference to this in the last couple of weeks. That we feel like now part of the reason that Cody's leaving is because he got the Booker role taken away from him. Right. So that that right there tells you that he hasn't been the Booker. So <laughs> but we meant we made mention that maybe it was last week's show when we was talking about the Cody stuff. Him taking over as Booker. The product's gotten worse. The product has gotten worse. Mm-hmm. And being a booker, like we talked to a professional booker on our YouTube channel last week, mm-hmm. being a booker is about telling the story. Right. It's really hard as a fa- Not everybody is a wrestling god like you. True. And that can tell a story that would make sense. It's Not everybody can do that. Right. And even uh, Brian Hawk said... I can't tell a three-month story anymore because you really don't know what you're working with in a three-month span. So it's easier to tell a story month to month and just build off of it. Right. And we talked about the the whiteboard and all that, how we know where the the end goal is for, for Mania and stuff like that. Right. One of the things that hurt WCW down the stretch is they literally were booking it show to show rather than month to month. Right. And you almost kind of get that feel with w- with AEW. And like I said, AEW's product is a good product for what it is, right. right? But I think it's really hard to say. And I'm not saying that WWE's bookers should have got this. We both said we thought Impact's bookers should have been booker of the year. I right? think so. Because they've been doing some great stuff. The problem with it is you don't get to watch it. You don't get to watch it. You don't get to see it on TV. And that's that is always going to be the mark on impact until they get that national TV deal. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to touch on this, Kenny Omega. I think it was Kenny Omega got Wrestler of the Year through the Wrestling Observer. He's been gone for what four months? I, well, I don't know. He's been gone Roman Reigns would be the would be the hot choice to thank Wrestler of the Year. I, I don't know how it couldn't have been Roman Reigns. I think it could have been very easily been Matt Cardona. I don't know that there's many wrestlers that have reinvented themselves and literally he's been world champion 
in three or four different promotions this like mm-hmm. he was in a death match in GCW. He shows up on Impact and he takes the digital media title. He's currently the NWA world like That's a big deal. That's a big deal. I mean a lot of people are like NWA. No, it's the it's NWA. The, the ten pounds of it's gold. It's the ten pounds of gold. And is it the Harley Race, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, NWA? No. But it's still the NWA. Yeah. And he's done a lot of big, like, he's one of these guys that couldn't cut it in the NWWE, according to Vince. Right. I didn't say that. Right. Um, as a matter he of fact. very over with the fans. As a matter of fact, you and I have talked multiple times that when we get to see these former WWE guys in a ring outside of WWE, you see just how good they are. Mm-hmm. Like, really good. Yeah. I mean, Eric Rowan is really good. Yeah. And he didn't get to showcase any of that in the WWE. Matt Cardona is really good and knows how to. We talk emotion all the time. He now, knows how to get that emotion. For those of you that might not know who Matt Cardona is, he was Zack Ryder in the WWE. The right. You know it. <laughs> but he was super over in the WWE. He just never got the. He, what he, he won the Intercontinental belt one time, right? One or, one or two times. In a ladder match, I think. And he kept it exactly 24 hours and he lost it the next night on Raw. Yeah. But Matt Cardona is one of these guys that has taken the Cody Rhodes path, the Drew McIntyre path, yeah, you know, the Jinder Mahal path. And he, whether it was his own doing or not, left the WWE, has bet on himself, and turned himself into a megastar. And now is reaping the benefits. I'm, I, and I've told you, and, I, and I'm going to stand on this. This is a hill I'm willing to die on. That I think five years from now, you can go back and look. We'll see Matt Cardona back in the WWE. And I think he'll be world champion. We will be like, oh my goodness, Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder was the world champion. Yes, I think he's that good. He's that over. His character works. I think he will be back. He will be. He will be a champion. But I'm not sure how he doesn't get some love in the in the 2021 Wrestler of the Year. Right. And he is like him and Roman and MJF and Jim MJF right now are living phenomenal heel games right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's he's vastly catching up to MJF. Yes, I mean, he's right in that category. And I mean, he's I mean. He wins the NWA championship and he's flipping off everybody as he posted on the right. on Twitter. Right. You know. I mean, wasn't he the self proclaimed internet champion he or was. something like that? Yep. It's so funny that such a guy that a guy with such a face and such over in WWE is such a phenomenal heel. Yep. In 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 the indie scene. And I think it's because he's being himself. Yeah. And it's kinda like when Rocky Maivia became the rock. And he just finally got tired of trying to be who they wanted him to be. And he just became himself. I think he's probably a good dude. Yeah. But he's tired of being crapped on by fans yeah. and by and by big companies. And he's like, forget you guys. I'm going to go out and be a megastar. I, I mean, we messaged him by getting him on the show. And he basically like, you guys can't do anything for me. Right. I, that, and that's basically what it said. He said, yeah. I don't see how your podcast is going to benefit me. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. And I don't disagree with him. Right. It was going to benefit us. Right. It was going to benefit us. 100%. Right. Uh, I so, probably would have paid for him. So, Matt Cardona, 
having a phenomenal year. If you have not kept up with him, go YouTube some of his stuff. Dude's having a lights out. Yeah. 2021 and his 2022 start out just as hot. Yeah. So, and the last thing I want to touch on, and I know we've said it's going to be like a jambalaya. I use jambalaya. You use wild card. I prefer my word. So, I'm going to say, to continue our jambalaya show, we uh, – I cannot for the life of me figure out why AEW – continues to have such a huge difference in their week-to-week viewership of Dynamite. Don't know. I mean, they dropped off like 300,000 viewers last week, over the week before. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. The product really doesn't change. It's the same faces, similar matchups that, you know, they're building towards revolution now. Nothing really transpired last Wednesday. But it wasn't a terrible show. No, I'm, I'm trying to think outside right. the realm of... So, I just... For it to drop off that drastically, it doesn't make sense. It leads me to question how... Like... Their following, their, their uh, you know, their loyalty from their fans. Like, how loyal are their fans, really? They're, they're the only game in town on Wednesday nights. Right. Why? And, I mean, Bully Ray says it all the time. Why they're not over a million views every Wednesday night makes no sense to me. But, Maybe there's not as many Tony Khan fans out there as they think. I, I just – I think it's kind of become like if you look like – if you look at the AEW fan – Kenny Omega's not on the show. He's not. A lot of people are Kenny Omega guys. There are a lot of Kenny Omega people. But you kind of like it. It's trendy. There are a lot of die-hard wrestling fans that like AEW, but there's also a lot of people that watch AEW occasionally because it's trendy. Well, and, and a lot of people, it tends to go up and down based on what their main events are, the announcements on the shows, and stuff like you know. Previous the previous week to last week, huge announcement. Forbidden door kicked Forbidden in. Forbidden door kicked in. It was Keith Lee and Bearcat. Jay White. Bearcat yeah. and the leader of the Bullet Club. Right. But but who, they didn't have that last week. Who's buddies with, yeah, and they had Jay White wrestling on Rampage against Trent Beretta. I bet Dave Meltzer gave it five stars. But, okay. But we have the inconsistency. Just It, it kind of it boggles my mind. And then you talked about Tony Baloney and his announcements. He's teasing a huge announcement that he says could change professional wrestling. He thinks it's that massive. If this Joker does not deliver, he doesn't know when it's coming because the details have not been worked out. If this Joker does not produce something major, it's Cody coming back. Then his credibility is nothing. Yeah. You can't hype this and talk about how it's going to change professional wrestling and have another Bearcat Lee. If if you want to gauge what the wrestling industry and the fans are, spend an hour on Twitter. There are a lot of people that do not like Tony Khan. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that don't like AEW. Now, that doesn't mean that they like WWE either. There's a lot of people that don't like WWE. Yeah. But those people have always been there. And and 
Like, we're not – I know we feel, it sounds like that we're such haters on AEW. We're not. Look, we, we love the fact that the people that are wrestling on that show get, get have a place to wrestle, right? Right. We want to see everybody that wants to wrestle be able to wrestle. Right. And there are things that I like about AEW that I don't like about WWE. It's like iPhone versus Samsung. They both have their, their pros and cons. Right. And that's that's what you want right. from it. I'll be honest with you. If Impact and NWA was on TV, that'd probably be the two that I watch most of the time. Right. So we don't really have a major topic for tonight. We don't. But we did have something that we talked about today that kind of irked us. Well, we've actually talked about it all week. Yeah. And it's a... When we talk about a jambalaya slash wild card, we are leaving the wrestling world for the rest of the show. <gasps> but this is a wrestling podcast, Sean. It is. It is. But you know what else it is? It's our show. And we make the rules. <laughs> and I feel like that we probably have some sports fans that listen to the show. I feel like 99.3%. That's an, that's an official percentage. Right. I have polled everybody that listens to the show. It's 99.3% of our listeners are wrestling fans, but are also sports fans. Right. Right. I love how you got the official poll. So, this is the 75th year of the NBA. And I told you the top 10, because they did a top 75, right? They did the top 75 of all time. They did. And those of you that may not have heard the list, I will share that with you. Number one was Michael Jordan. Number two was LeBron James. Number three was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Number four was Magic Johnson. Number five was Wilt Chamberlain. Number six was Bill Russell. Number seven was Larry Bird. Number eight, was Oscar Robinson. No, I'm sorry. Number eight was Tim Duncan. Number nine was Oscar Robinson. And number 10 was Kobe Bryant. Most of those guys were okay with. But there was one name that was left off that top 10 that it really upset both of us. Oh, yeah. How in the world you do not have Shaquille O'Neal in the top 10 blows my mind. He fundamentally changed the the position of center in the in the NBA. Right. I told you that the argument gets brought up all the time about the goat. Who's right. the goat? Right. Michael Jordan, LeBron. Sometimes Kobe gets brought into that. I told you I personally think Magic Johnson might be the goat. Yeah. Okay. But I also said that it's impossible to go to compare players from different generations. Right. Because when Michael Jordan played in 1996, the game is vastly different than it was than it is in 2022. Correct. Just like it was vastly different than it was in 1966. Right. Okay. So in the 90s, if you didn't have medical insurance, you better not enter the lane. I can tell you that right now. The mid probably well, that, that, late 80s, early I was 90s. Say, that probably started mid to late 80s with the with the bad boys <laughs> and Detroit Pistons. Yeah. They would kill you. They literally had knives on them. If you come down the lane, they'd stab you. Yeah, I, mean, I see. I saw it happen. <laughs> Bill, Bill Lambert, I watched him kill at least seven, eight guys in the years that. And he brought him back life, killed him again. Yeah, said, "Dude, I'll, I'll yeah. promise you." Tomorrow I'll night, we're, I'm killing you again. Yeah, Ronnie Cycling, I'll kill you. 
Yeah. I, mean, I think his name was Roni. Anyway, he's baloney. Um, which I remember that. You were like two, right? Uh, maybe three. I mean, you were at least 37. <laughs> I wasn't that old. I mean, you were older than Bill Lambert at the time. I do. We make references to heels and faces all the time. The Detroit Pistons was a team of heels. They were hated. Right. I mean, and my beloved Lakers had to deal with them, right? I'll tell you another one. Well, we won't get into all of that part of it. Anyways, what brought what brought our conversation apart, other, other than the fact that the Shaq was actually secondary? Right. Because for the first time ever, I had heard a somewhat reasonable argument in the LeBron versus you did. Michael Jordan thing. You did. The only thing, the argument basically was. And I'm going to preface this by saying, you don't think, you're not siding one way or the other. No, I mean, I, I as a fan, I hated Michael Jordan because it, he was like Tom Brady. He always won. And, and I mean, when you root for the lowly Knicks. <laughs> I, I'm not a Knicks fan. Oh, okay. I, I was a Lakers fan. Until LeBron got there. <laughs> the Lakers had some pretty crappy years after Magic. Yeah. Um, the argument was Michael Jordan won six titles, all with Scottie Pippen. Yep. All with Phil Jackson. Right. At no point in time prior to Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson getting there could Michael get past the first or second round. Right. When it was all Michael, he could score 60 points and they'd lose by 20. Yep. Okay. Stayed hurt all the time, too. And the argument was LeBron James took a Cleveland Cavaliers team, it was him and you can't name anyone other than Ilgaskis, Booby Gibson, (laughs) to the NBA Finals. He did. All on his shoulders. Yep. Cleveland wins from down 3-1 against the greatest seasonal record Warriors. They're down 3-1. They come back and win. Now, a lot of people was like, well, Kyrie Irving hit the big three-pointer shot. He did. But, I mean, that's LeBron. Who's Le- LeBron's the one that runs down the the the, the, block. the, sh- the and blocks. You know, Hot take Island. if... Draymond Green did not have to set out, they don't come back and win. But ifs and buts, candies and nuts, right. that, that, that happened, right. and right. Cleveland came back. But there there have been multiple times that LeBron has single-handedly been the, the talent on the team mm-hmm. and has made the team overperform. Right. The argument was LeBron's never had a Hall of Fame coach, and he's – Spolstra. We agreed that Spolstra is going to be there. Yeah. But we also agreed that that was also the team that he played with Hall of Fame players. Right. In Wade. And maybe Bosch. And maybe Bosch. Probably Ray Allen. But other than that, all of the other titles that he's won, he's not had that 
Hall of Fame coach. And, you know, they won the title in L.A. because they took a three-month hiatus. Right. And they were in the bubble, and Anthony Davis just so happened to be healthy. Right. But Michael Jordan always had the best of everything, right? He like, did. Like, he had the Hall of Famers on his team. He had the Hall of Fame coach. And and you got you look at Phil Jackson. I mean, Phil Jackson goes to the Lakers and winds up winning three with the Lakers. Right. So, he is the greatest NBA coach of all time. Right. So that was the argument, and I, that's what I was. That's what I told you is like it's the first argument that I've ever heard that reasonably made sense as to how LeBron could be considered the greatest of all time. Well, and I told you today that LeBron that played on that Cleveland team that won the NBA championship, if he's on that first team in Cleveland that he takes to the finals, if that's the version of LeBron. I'm not sure he doesn't win the NBA championship that year. Right. There is a – I'm not a LeBron fan, never have been. You can't discredit the greatness of LeBron James. Right. He is really good. Right. But, as I've said, they're two completely different players. And and, and, and my stance is, as I said earlier, you can't compare generational players. Right. It's impossible because, one, their game's different. LeBron James is 6'9". 275 jacked and runs like a deer. Have you heard the have you heard the, the there was a reporter that asked Michael Jordan if um if his uh, like 98 Bulls was to play the 2016 Cavaliers or whatever who would win that game? And he goes, well, I mean, the 2016 Cavaliers. And they go, really? Yeah. Why is that? And he goes, because we're like 20 years older than they are. (laughs) You know, it's like, like, it wasn't a, he was not looking at it as a comparison of generational. He's looking at it as like, well, we're older than they are. Right, we're a lot older than they are. But I I always think that it's so funny. Because, I mean, Michael Jordan 100% believes that that Bulls team, and that that Bulls team was the greatest greatest team of all time. And, And I'll be honest with you. I mean the the early two thousands Lakers with with Shaq and Kobe was to me was probably the second greatest. Really good. So in that terms, it's hard to compare the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. I think it's the greatest of generations or eras. Yeah. With that being said, you think about Chamberlain, Jabbar, Russell, all three. Made the list, right? The top mm-hmm. ten list. Yep. Shaq did not. He was he was omitted. I argued, and my case is, I think at any point, just the way Shaq is, Shaq could have. They didn't have anybody comparable to them at the time. Yeah, I mean, Wilt Chamberlain was two feet taller than anybody else on the floor. Right. I mean, go back and look. He's he's considerably bigger. He scored a hundred points in a game. Okay. Right. I, Kobe Bryant scoring 81 when he did is more impressive than Wilt scoring 100 when he did. Yeah, because nobody could stop him. Right. So, with that, we, when you factor all that in, Shaq played against better competition. Yeah. Okay? And, and as I told you earlier, when he first came into the league, the dude ran like a deer, man. Yeah. Like, he would lead fast breaks. Yeah. He didn't bulk up and get strong, you know, uh, Shaq Diesel – until he went to the went to the Lakers, right? 
But he is impossible. I don't think Wilt, Kareem, or Bill Russell could guard Shaq in the post. Right. And I think he's so strong. Aside from Jabbar's skyhook, which is that and Dirk Nowitzki's fadeaway one-legged jumper, are perhaps the two most unstoppable shots in basketball history. Yeah. Outside of the Jabbar sky hook, neither one of them are none of the other three are going to be able to do anything. Yes, their footwork's good. Shaq had good footwork, but he's strong as an ox. Like they're not going to be able to back him down. So the fact that Shaq, who I believe, and, and I'm biased because I'm a huge Shaq fan, who fundamentally changed the center position. You you had your Elijah Wan, you had your Patrick Ewing, who both, I, in my opinion, are tremendously underrated. Well, speaking of Patrick Ewing, I, I told you the Athletic, uh, which is like a, a, a publication. Right. I read their top 30 today. Shaq was in their top 10. He was. Oscar Robinson was the name that they bumped out. They had him at 12. They had Hakeem at 11. They didn't have Patrick Ewing in the top 30. Right. But we had... But they had Giannis and Lillard and uh, Curry, I think. No, it wasn't Lillard. I know Curry was there. There were several. Oh, Durant. There were several of the current players right. that were on the list. And that blows my mind that, that Patrick Ewing. I mean, if Charles Barkley's in the top 30, Patrick Ewing's in the top 30. I think it hurt Patrick Ewing not winning an NBA championship. That's true. Um, but... Pat, you know, Patrick Ewing and Elijah Wan both kind of changed the position. Yeah. They, you know, they shifty and, you know. I mean, did anybody on the post have better footwork than Akeem Olajuwon? Probably not. Nope. So who are you taking off the top ten? Oscar Robinson. That, that, I don't think. I don't, it was him or Bill Russell. It had to be him or Bill Russell. I don't think you can discredit what Wilt Kareem. I mean, Kareem's the all-time leading scorer. Yeah. In that list, Carl Malone's not in the list. Yeah. I mean, and he's number two. It looked for a while he was going to take over the number one spot uh, for all-time leading scorer. Both of those are going to get trumped by LeBron. I would imagine he finishes his career as the number one leading well, scorer. Well, a lot of people are speculating that LeBron is scoring at a higher rate this year than he normally does. Yeah. And they think it's because he sees Wilt in his in – his, or not Wilt, but Kareem in his, in his sights. Right. So, And he's already said that he's playing – he At wants least to play through with 2024, he wants to play with Bronny. So he's probably got two years left in him, and he's going to try to score as much as he can. Well, and Bronny, if I – Bronny will be in the 2024 draft. So 20, so he's got this year and next year to finish up. So And he should – and you would think he's still going to be the guy whenever he goes, you know, wherever he goes with Bronny. But I'm not going to discredit what Will, Kareem, and Bill Russell did. Right. Oscar Robinson is basically Russell Westbrook. Of his day? Yeah. I mean, so while it was cool, triple-double back then, a triple-double is a common thing now. Um, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But, you know, they made that argument yesterday when uh, when I was listening to that show. Is like, it's easier to score now. It is. Basketball is easier now. Right. Defense isn't a big deal now. Right. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It doesn't become a big deal to yeah, the playoffs. It's not like you just try to outscore your opponent. You don't see games like I remember late '80s and the early '90s. They, there would be games that would be in the '60s. Yeah, 
you know, they're in the there's teams that score sixty in the first quarter. Right. Yeah. So, but we say all that to say I think Shaq is definitely the one glaring omission. Um, I think Kobe was probably rated a little too low. Yep. I'm not sure you can argue the top three. Uh, Michael Magic LeBron. Like I, I'm really surprised that Kobe wasn't over Bird, and I'm a huge Bird fan. Bird might. I'm gonna be honest. And then, did and Duncan this, have five titles? Yes. Kobe had five titles. Yes. I'm not convinced that Larry Bird wouldn't be the one I would I would bump. He was good. Like, and that's and listen, we know how hard it is to make a top top ten list. Okay, right, that was one of the reasons why we were talking about. It. It's like. Like, making the list is, is hard to do. Right, and there's going to be people that disagree, and there's people that think, you know, this one should be higher, that one should be and, – and that's fine. That's great. It's our show. And I'm saying I don't – out of those ten, maybe it's Bird that I'd drop. Maybe it's Oscar Robinson. Um, to me, it would be Oscar or, or – or, like, it's hard to drop Bill Russell because he won so many titles. He won so many titles. I mean, Kareem's the all-time leading scorer. Yeah. And then you look at Will, you're like, well, what did you really do except score 100 points in a game? Yeah. He didn't really win that many titles. No. And it's, I, did he win his only title with Dr. D? Won, maybe one in Philadelphia and then one somewhere else. Maybe he won more than that. I don't know. Anyway, and then you're like, well, maybe Wilt's the one that we would drop. Um, I think it's just the fact that Wilt was so dominating at that time. But, he, but again – who did Wilt have to go up against? That's true. So, I don't know. I just had to, when you sent me that list, I, and uh, I think my exact words were two. He won two. Two titles. He won in 67 and 72. In 72, he had Dr. J, right? Mm, I don't know that Dr. J was around at that point. I think it seems. Well, like he won it with somebody else. Or did he win that one with the Lakers? Maybe he won the first one with uh, Philadelphia and the second one with the Lakers. Well, he actually played with the Harlem Globetrotters, 58 and 59. Uh, Let's see. 67 was the 76ers over the Warriors. And then the other one, 72, was the Lakers over the Knicks. Yeah, I figured he'd won with the Lakers. I mean – but on that Lakers team, Jerry West, who's the logo? Yeah. Like, Wilt got the MVP. I mean, I don't know. I, I've i always thought uh, Wilt was a little overrated. Uh, on, on that team, he was he he uh, played with two of the top ten scorers that season in Gail Goodrich and Jerry West. <laughs> so... But I think, as I said, the biggest omission I think is Shaq. I think you know, and I might be I might be a homer, but I think Shaq uh, definitely should have made the top ten list. So I was just uh, I was look, looking here at uh, the uh, athletics. They got number one at Jordan, two LeBron, three Kareem, four Bill Russell, five Magic Johnson, six Wilt Chamberlain. Seven Larry Bird, eight Shaquille O'Neal, nine Tim Duncan. They've got Kobe at ten as well. Eleven Hakeem, twelve Oscar Robinson, thirteen Kevin Durant. I think he's overrated there. 
Uh, 14, Jerry West, the logo. 15, Steph Curry. 16, Carl Malone. That's, I think that's kind of low. That's, that's really low. 17, Kevin Garnett. Mm, I, think that's, that I think that's high. Uh, 18, Moses Malone. Mm. 19, Julius Irvin. 20, David Robinson. 21, Dirk. 22, Charles Barkley. 23, Elgin Baylor. 24, Giannis. I, 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 why? Yeah. It's just because he's modern day? I guess. I don't know. I mean, with Steph Curry, I will say, Steph Curry is going to go down as the greatest shooter in NBA history. That's true. Um, Let's see. 20. And, the, and the things that he's done at the place that he did them, like he was doing things in Golden State when nobody wanted to be there. He made Golden State a destination spot, uh, and it's strictly because of him. That's true. Uh, it doesn't hurt that he has Clay Thompson. But, I mean, they're right in the thick of things again this year. Right. So, uh, I don't think Steph Curry, like, that, that's probably not. But Carl Malone being that low. Uh, they got Chris Paul at number 30. Isaiah Thomas at 26. Rick Barry at 27. Um, I'm dude. still looking. Scottie Pippen at 32. James Harden at 33. Uh, no. Kawhi Leonard at 34. James Harden George is like Mikan at thirty five. George Jason George Kidd, Patrick Ewan all the way at thirty seven. James Harden to tie this back into wrestling is about three Big Macs away from being Mark Henry. Okay, <laughs> this dude. Why anybody would want him? Allen Iverson at number forty. Listen, Allen Iverson will score forty points, make two baskets, and do it all from the free throw line. <laughs> no, you said that wrong. He scored four points and shoot forty baskets. Well, no, he he was going to score more than four. he would shoot forty shots. He didn't end up with forty points. He's going to shoot forty shots, make six of them, and the rest going to be from free throw line. <laughs> His field goal percentage was so bad. Maybe one of the worst of all time. Oh but he God. was so much fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's the answer. Yeah, man, jambalaya at its finest. <laughs> we pulled we pulled an hour out of this. That's so funny. That's so funny. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Who well, knows what next week brings? <laughs> hey, you know what? Let us know if you like the the jambalaya format. We got other things we can talk about, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, well, awesome. Well, it was a fun time. Fun times. Maybe next week we'll talk, around, uh, talk about the... Uh, Baseball strike and how they're getting ready to lose all their fans. Maybe it'll be over by then. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Or we uh, talk about the uh, the creation of the uh, fantasy football dynasty league. Boo. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, it was another fun week, and uh, we'll see you next Saturday. Stay safe, friends. That wraps up today's episode. We want to say thanks to all of our listeners. Without you, none of this is possible. If you haven't had a chance yet, please go out and leave us a five-star review on your favorite platform. Make sure to check us out on Facebook at From Corner to Corner. On Twitter at 
Corner to Corner PC, and on TikTok at From Corner to Corner. You can always reach us on Facebook or on email, corner to corner PC at gmail.com. We love you all, and we'll see you next time.